It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. Just use that glorious code FEAST. My name is Ross Tucker. Former longtime NFL offensive lineman, close to a decade, which is an awesome way to make it sound better than seven years. When you say close to or upwards of a decade, it's almost like gives you three years you didn't really accomplish. I love it. Close to a decade. Uh, Redskins at the time, Cowboys, Bills, Patriots, and the Cleveland Browns. Now I got a bunch of podcasts. If you're new, welcome. You come to the right place for fantasy football advice. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. All of the shows, the clips, the highlights are all posted to at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a YouTube page now, which is awesome. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. The expert advice, though, doesn't really come from me. I mean, a little bit. But primarily, it comes from Joe Dolan, who is one of the owners and masters of all he oversees at FantasyPoints.com, where you should use the code FEAST, by the way. He's also, according to FantasyPros.com, the number one ranked fantasy football analyst on planet Earth over the last five years. You can go check it, Google it, use your googly machine. And you'll see that at FG underscore Dolan is number one. He's the best. We like the best. That's why we have the best. At FG underscore Dolan. Joe, what's up, man? Hey Ross, good to uh, good to be with you here. Uh, I need, you know, we we started doing this last year and we weren't on video. We're on video now. I I just realized. Well, I, I've realized this before, but I really need to stop taking hot showers before I come on here. I look I look like I just went for like an eight mile run without red my faces. So uh, I really need to stop doing that right before the podcast. I just realized that. I was gonna ask. You look a little flush. I was yeah. gonna say your your uh, your cheeks and face. You look. A little flush, and I have a deal was, and I have a hot cup of coffee over here, which isn't helping things either. But like you know, it's funny because I am a uh, I I am a king of the thermostat. That is my possession, and um, I my body temperature is a lot higher than my wife's, Uh, so I have to keep the thermostat at a temperature where I feel cool. However. I take showers that are close to boiling, and I I, I don't understand why. It's just it, it's just the weird quirks that I am uh, that I have. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I look like I just ran a marathon, which I can utterly guarantee you, Ross, is not the case. All right, so I've got questions now. Number one, sure. what do you normally keep the thermostat at? Uh, in the winter during the day, it's at sixty eight. Um, usually 67 to go to bed. Um, In the summer, I'll let the wife turn it up to 70 because she really hates air conditioning. Now, you know, I, people are like, apparently I'm actually relatively moderate when it comes to the thermostat argument. Like uh, 
Um, I'm a big proponent of air conditioning. I, I love it. It's a great invention. I think it could have saved James Garfield's life back in 1881 if it existed. Um, uh, so, I mean, air conditioning is a wonderful thing, uh, but I keep it at 70 during the summer, 67 to sleep during the summer, though. I don't know what your thermostat situation is, Ross, but I get the feeling you're like me. You you prefer the cooler thermostat. Uh, we keep it at 70 pretty much year-round. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's yeah. not too bad, but I, I have to turn it down to go to bed. That. It has to be turned down to go to bed. I sleep very hot. And I'd be lying if I said I'm in control of the thermostat. Oh, <laughs> We see. also have two kids, so uh, two little girls, so I'm not totally uh, in charge of that. I am intrigued, though, because we now record this show Wednesdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The midday shower. Tell me yeah, about the so- midday shower. Did you work out first? No. Uh, actually, I went to get a haircut. So uh, after the haircut, you got to get the, you got to get all the, uh, the, 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 the doodads out, out of your hair. So that's why, that's why right now. Got it. Okay. Very interesting. All right. This is why Joe's the man. This is why we love the show. Uh, and by the way, we are year round. And what's really cool in the off season is we get into every different fantasy football genre like we talk dynasty we talk best ball gonna do a lot of best ball stuff this offseason that's my preferred format it's interesting joe i feel like the more i talk to people they're they're like leaning to either best ball or dynasty dynasty's like dynasty's like i want to be crazy involved year round best ball's like let me just draft and then be done yeah, and I love both of them. Um, so I'm joining a new dynasty league this offseason. And but best ball season is right around the corner, Ross. As a matter of fact, at fantasypoints.com, we just did kind of staff best ball rankings that are that are gonna be up soon. And I gotta be honest with you, uh, and I think that's what we're gonna get into today. I mean, talk about speculation station. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I you you saw the tweet from Adam Schefter a little bit earlier this week. And he said it was a, I think it was on Monday night. Um, and he said, here are all, it was a graphic. It said, here are all the quarterbacks whose futures are up in the air. And uh, he essentially set the over under, and we love over unders on this podcast. He set the over under of 18 quarterback changes in the NFL. Basically, 18 teams are going to have a new main starting quarterback in the 2021 season. And Adam Schefter said he will take the over. Now, Adam Schefter isn't just pulling that willy-nilly out of his butt cheeks. Adam Schefter is going to be informed when he's thinking of something like that. So I went through personally, and I said, how many quarterback situations do I feel confident are – I set set it at a 90% confidence interval. And I said to myself, are you 90% or more confident – that the main starting quarterback from this particular team from the 2020 uh, season is going to be the starting quarterback for a team, the same team in 2021. And frankly, Ross, I came up with only 11 teams where I'm 90% or more confident that the quarterback who either was projected to be their main starter and got hurt, like like in the situation of Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, guys like that, or the guys who started the majority of their games in the 2020 season are going to be their quarterback in the 2021 season. And 
I came up with only 11 teams, and I feel like that is a staggering number. Yeah, I mean, just you saying that um, is surprising to me. I need to go through it. A little plug here, by the way. Adam Schefter will be on Friday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and I am going to ask him about that. And I'm going to ask him about because I'm taking the under. He says over 18 changes. I'm taking the under because of the cap situation and this cap for people being less. I think that's interesting. I also think it's interesting. I I guess I look at – correct me when I'm wrong here, Joe, because I'm obviously wrong. I feel like January, February, March, and to some extent April are big dynasty months. Very much But you're saying – it's best ball already. I well, thought people waited until after the draft for best people. Ball. People are getting into best ball. Um, there, there's already sites that have best ball drafts up, and people are asking for best ball rankings. And I will tell you personally, I, I this is just my personal preference. I don't like to play until after the draft, or at least until after free agency. But there are very many people who are out there who are saying. Dude, like I, I get, I can predict, I can get values on guys like Kenny Galladay who are going into free agency. I can get values on guys like Allen Robinson who are going into free agency. How many times have we seen uh, little screenshots up on Twitter this week of people who bet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the NFC or win the Super Bowl before Tom Brady signed there? People who saw the writing on the wall and said, if Tom Brady leaves. New England, this Tampa situation is great. So there's there's gambling to be done there. There's there's rolls of the dice. There's informed speculation that you can be doing there in, in best ball. And it's essentially like betting futures in a way. Um, I personally, uh, I like to focus my time right now on preparing for free agency and all that stuff, preparing for the draft. I'll get into a best ball every now and again, but the vast majority, the vast majority of most people's best ball drafts are after the draft. May is when that season really starts up. And then June and July, you start to see the fish come into the waters a little bit. But May is really when that starts up. But there are absolutely going to be best ball drafts going off from now until after the Super Bowl, uh, starting right after the Super Bowl. Okay. Man, I got a million questions to ask you now. Um, This is awesome, by the way. Absolutely awesome. I should mention, by the way, speaking of awesome, while we're on the topic of things that are awesome, listen to this one, Joe. DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, and they're bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do is get your share of these huge prizes and enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. That's it. Submit your picks. You will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. So why not? DraftKings, by the way, has paid out, this is a staggering number, over $7 billion, billion with a B, to its players since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code Ross to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code Ross now. Enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. While we're on that, Joe, I, I do want to talk about the conference championship game. Sure. 
And the first question I have for you is, how did you do on DFS on the Sunday slate at DraftKings? How, how, did, your, how did your fantasy Sunday go? Well, I, I think I built everything kind of around um, a really cheap tight end in Cameron Bray. And that ended up working out pretty well because he scored a touchdown. I would have liked to see him catch a pass or two more. But it, uh, but it worked out well because I thought the matchup was, was good for Cameron Bray. And then it was kind of um, load up on the expensive receivers, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill. So it ended up going pretty well. But the problem is so many duped lineups on those two on those two game slates that are just really really difficult to um that are really difficult to separate yourself from the pack so I focus much more on making prop bets and um I, I gotta be honest Ross uh my biggest prop bet of the entire week um I wish we had talked about it last week I apologize we'll talk about prop bets for the Super Bowl next week by the way um my biggest prop bet uh for the the championship round was Marquez Valdez Scantling Longest reception over 17 and a half. He had about four of them. So, so I, unfortunately you don't get, you don't get uh tiered payouts based on how many receptions he has over that, that benchmark. Um, but that was an easy, easy win for me. Um, and I had a Cameron Bray over two and a half receptions, which, all, which also worked out pretty well. But um, other than that, um, I, I hit the, uh, the Buccaneers plus the three, um, did not hit the Bills plus the three and a half. Did not get that one. Uh, the Bills were just outclassed from the mo- from from basically the, the opening snap. And you know, I they they got the the, the fumble with me, Cole Hardman, and um, uh, outside of that, it was it was kind of Kansas City uh, showing its metal, uh, showing that uh, still the team to beat, quite obviously, as they advanced to their second consecutive Super Bowl. Yep, there's a lot I want to get to with you there. Um... That is interesting, though. I, 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 if people listen to the Even Money podcast, know I had the Bucks getting three and a half at DraftKings. I, I, you know, we usually do the Even Money podcast on Tuesday. I wish I would have laid the two and a half with the Chiefs. I was leaning towards it, but I wasn't one hundred and ten percent sure Mahomes was going to play. Obviously, he played. He played well, and Joe's right because Joe's the number one ranked fantasy analyst out there. We'll go through all the prop bets next week. What what um what takeaways did you have from the conference championship games? I would say from a fantasy standpoint for next year, Joe. Uh, I'm I'm wondering, Ross, and maybe we uh, uh, those of us who are sitting here uh, scratching our groin areas watching these games. It's easy for us to say. But I'm wondering if next year we might finally see some coaches realize you gotta score touchdowns to beat good teams. And you know, I like I I mean I wish I wish that was a controversial like I wish that that I wish that I didn't have to say that. It's obvious. Uh, it's self-evident. But I wish I didn't have to say it. But, like, you saw Green Bay. As a matter of fact, the funny part was the analytics, uh, the like the, uh, the win probability uh, models, didn't see much of a problem with Matt LaFleur's decision to kick it. Of course, um, a lot of them might not take into account, you know, the fact that Tom Brady's on the other side of the football. Um, you know, but I, I would have gone for it for Matt LaFleur. But the Sean, the Sean McDermott situation where all those field goals he kicked I, were just mind-numbing to me, especially since they have been an aggressive team this year. And he comes from the Andy Reid tr- school. You saw Andy Reid go for it on fourth down with a lead with his backup quarterback two weeks ago. So you saw that. And Sean, Mc- 
Sean McDermott coming from the Andy Reid tree, um, the fact that they went for it on fourth and one near midfield on the opening drive of the game, which was absolutely the correct call, the fact that he didn't do it later in the games and they settled for these short field goals, it's just not getting it done. So I I have to make this plea to other coaches. You saw two teams lose in the conference championship games, maybe not because of decisions to kick field goals, but those decisions didn't help. They certainly didn't help. Like, I think Buffalo was going to get run out of the building anyway. I didn't think Buffalo was going to win even if they had gone for the touchdowns. But it would have been nice to see them try. But Green Bay, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers. You have Aaron Rodgers. Let him try to make a play. So I was disappointed by that. You just saw somebody in L.A., in Anthony Lynn, who, I mean, you look at the resume. You look at the fact that Justin Herbert had arguably the greatest rookie season any quarterback has ever had, and he just got fired. And you would have to say, Ross, in large part because some of his in-game decision-making that bordered on the baffling. And so what? Well, I don't understand. Like, coaches make these safe plays. Well, safe plays just lost Green Bay the conference championship game, or at least contributed to it. Safe plays just lost Buffalo the conference championship game, or at least contributed to it. Safe plays got Anthony Lynn fired. I I mean, I don't think the Chargers wanted to move on from the coaching staff that helped develop Justin Herbert. I don't think they wanted to do that, but they saw no other choice because of the games they got thrown away. So these safe choices are costing teams wins. They're costing teams jobs. From a fantasy perspective, they're costing us points. So that's way down on the totem pole of why teams should be making these decisions. But I'm just wondering at this point, are these coaches going to realize that being aggressive is the right call? It's not, I like, I understand. Like, you want to change the mathematics of the game. I'm, I'm a big proponent of don't kick a field goal unless it changes the numbers of possessions that the game, that, that, that uh, it would take to tie the game or win the game. I'm a big proponent of that. It, sometimes you do have to use your gut. But being aggressive more often than not is going to be the right call, and especially in that big stage. And I'm just hoping that on that big stage, those teams kind of turtling leads to more of a sea change in the NFL, something that we've already seen uh, happen um, in, in years past with teams being more aggressive. Uh, I know Doug Peterson just got fired with the Eagles, but the, the Philly special in the Super Bowl. Um, teams like Frank Reich, who comes from the Peterson tree, super aggressive this year. Andy Reid being super aggressive this year. It, it, it's the right call to be aggressive. And um, I believe me, I, I don't think Buffalo Bills fans are sitting at home today like, oh, man, I'm glad we only lost by 14, man. If we missed those field goals or we didn't get those fourth downs, it doesn't matter. Um, all right. So then we get to all good points, Joe. I guess my takeaway is like I'm not going to be huge on Clyde edwards Lair next year. Mm. I mean, it seems like they can plug in any guy named D. Williams and that guy <laughs> is effective. Uh, that was one thing that jumped out to me. I think Devin Singletary stinks now. I mean, oh, okay. What? What? I want to hear your read on that, Ross. I mean, uh, I I, look. They can't run the football. Um, I don't know what they. He doesn't hit the hole very hard. And then he had that drop. I think that they will draft another running back. I mean, obviously, I know they have Zach Moss, but I was disappointed in Singletary for sure. Um. That that's one that jumped out to me, and then um, 
that's from the AFC game, mainly running back thoughts. And then the NFC, and I think Brady will be back. I, I, you know, it's going to be tough. The whole Fournette, Ronald Jones thing will be tough next year. You know what you do there. Um, the receiver position will be tough there. But anyway, that was my thoughts. Is mainly involving the running backs in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and I, like, I, I, here's the thing: it's going to take a whole off season to parse what's going on with Edwards Alaire because obviously he was a first, second round pick. Which you know he looked good for a few games. He wasn't a total bust, but then he got hurt, and you know then now they're riding the hot guy in Daryl Williams, and I don't blame them for that. It's that this is not time to develop Clyde Edwards Alaire and build his confidence. You're trying to win a Super Bowl, so I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I think the running back position across the board from this round is interesting because Aaron Jones is a free agent. Are they going to resign him? I would have said absolutely a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure now. Jamal Williams is a free agent. I think Jamal Williams is a guy who in the right situation can be a pretty productive player. And A.J. Dillon started to come on at the end of the year. And, I mean, the guy's built like a truck. So, uh, I, I mean, he they obviously drafted him in the second round, so they love him. So he's going to be somebody who's on the rise. Um Ronald Jones, I think, is super confusing to me when it comes to uh, what 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 he's going to do. He's got a year left on his rookie contract. Leonard Fournette obviously was signed for the vet minimum this year. Fournette's been a legitimate Ross Impact player for them in the playoffs. Like, like not even just a guy who kind of keeps things on schedule, as they say the run game does. He's been an impact player. I mean, I've seen him make it. That touchdown run might have been the best run Leonard Fournette's had in the NFL. Like, I mean, like that where he, the spin move, he fights through contact to get to the goal line. It was an impressive run. And Leonard Fournette, he's now leaning into this playoff Lenny thing. He's got a hat that says it on it. And look, he, maybe he understood his earning potential now is significant if he puts up these big numbers in the playoffs. But Ronald Jones, um, I know he's a guy who's been who's driven us nuts in the fantasy community. When you're out on him, he breaks off one of those 75-yard runs. When you're in on him, he has 10 carries for 16 yards. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to me, I don't know if Keyshawn Vaughn's going to factor in. I don't know if they're going to bring back Fournette. We'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. But they're a team that I, I still think is going to be searching at the running back position this offseason. All right. So let's get to, and we'll we'll have a lot of off season to discuss this. But we do talk. We do know some people are playing dynasty. You know, people are looking at their dynasty lineups and trades. We know some people are playing best ball. We'll have time for the quarterback movement stuff because that's a little bit up in the air. My question, Joe, is how closely do you follow the head coach and assistant coach movement? And how significant is that? Even like Shane Waldron being the offensive coordinator in Seattle. You know, and I want to make this our DraftKings segment because people can play best ball at DraftKings, by the way. And they're going to start to look at these. I think this is where you can get an edge on people from a fantasy perspective if you really understand these head coaches, these assistant coaches that are now calling plays, their backgrounds, and what they're like, I'll tell you what, you know, whose stock went up? DeAndre Swift. Oh, you I get mean, Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn, and Deuce Staley. They're yeah. going to try to run the crap out of the ball, Joe. DeAndre Swift's stock just went up. Well, you know what's also funny about DeAndre Swift? And yes, Ross, I do pay attention to coaches. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a series of articles at fantasypoints.com breaking these down. Now, a lot of them are going to be speculation, you know. 
Um, just like, you know, even when the Rams hired Sean McVay a couple years ago, like, I, I think there was people who were like, oh, this is a pretty promising hire. I don't think people thought he was going to be the next hot thing. I mean, which he turned out to be. And now everybody wants to poach Sean McVay's coaching tree. Obviously, Matt LaFleur got a job. And now Waldron gets a job. And, and, and Staley gets a job. So now everybody's poaching his coaching tree. And Frank Reich was the second choice in Indianapolis, and then and then Nick Sirianni gets a job, and Eberflus was was interviewed. So now people want to poach his tree. So I, you you can't know right away. I have I'll be honest. I have no effing clue what Urban Meyer's offense is going to look like in Jacksonville. The guy's never coached it down in the NFL. So um, I'm fascinated. I'm going to be learning myself when I read and watch the press conferences here. But I do pay attention to them. But in the case of DeAndre Swift, that one is pretty fascinating, Ross, because look at that Detroit Lion offense. Matthew Stafford is gone, 99%. I mean, they, they've agreed that they're going to separate them. I went to their official website just to look look up information about all their new coaches, and they have like a they have like a thank you, Matthew Stafford thing on there, and like the fans are donating to a charity in, in his name. And so obviously the official website seems to be leaning into Matthew Stafford's gone. Their top three wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola are all free agents. So you have Dan Campbell, a former tight end, former tight ends coach. The number one receiver on that team right now is probably TJ Hawkinson, who's already on the roster. So that's good news for him. And then you have this running back focused coaching staff. I mean, Anthony Lynn and Deuce Staley combined for like 18 years of playing in the NFL and have been coaching in the league for about a combined 30 years. So that's good news for DeAndre Swift. So when I see obvious things like that, I also lean into thinking, man, you want to make sure you don't. Um, overrate what happened in a previous spot because of the talent that was there. So I look at the fact that in Anthony Lynn's tenure with the Chargers, he was there for four years as the head coach, he had a running back finish in the top 10 in targets at the position three out of the four years. And in the year in which one didn't, that was 2018, both Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon finished in the top 20. Now, my question then becomes, is that because you had good receiving backs and Phillip Rivers who likes to check it down? Or is that part of what Anthony Lynn's system is going to look like? And that's a question that goes that can go unanswered right now because we don't even know who's going Going to be throwing the football in Detroit. Hell, Ross, I assume Anthony Lynn's going to call the plays, but I don't know. I look at that 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 Lion coaching staff, and I don't see any play calling experience. And I tend to think that's overrated. I'm much more into play design than I am in play calling. I'm of the mind that if the plays are good, you can call good plays. I think the design is most important. But I can't find any discernible play calling experience for Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn, Deuce Staley. Um, So I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen there. But I agree. Like, you look at the coaches, you look at the roster, and you try to mesh the strengths to see what's going to happen. But uh, you also do have to wait to see how teams are built this offseason and uh, with the quarterback position up in the air, it creates a lot of uncertainty and perhaps for sharper players, some buying opportunities for dynasty. Yeah, I think you're, I think it's a good point, whether it's dynasty or best ball, if you can sort of play this right with what's going to end up happening with the quarterbacks, you're going to be in a good position. I mean, what we know now is some of the assistant coach stuff, some of the head coach stuff, the quarterback stuff's going to be bananas, and we really won't know. I mean, none of the trades can even be official until March, Joe. 
Yeah, they can't. And I remember Alex Smith when he was traded to Washington when um, Kansas City made the decision to go with Mahomes a couple years ago. Um, I think that broke before the Super Bowl, and it they did. couldn't it's announce it. Yeah, they couldn't announce it for like two months. So like you you had to sit here and say, all right, I'm 95% sure this is going to happen. But what if one of the sides pulls out? I mean, the deal's not official. Um, So uh, we'll see what's going on there. You're going to have quarterback battles. Um, I think I just saw some Cowboys beat writers speculating Dallas might let Dak Prescott hit free agency. Like that's why that's why of the teams that I broke down and saying, I feel confident that these teams are going to have the same starting quarterback in 2021. Dallas was not one of them. Dak Prescott's a free agent, and he's coming off a serious injury. So they're not on there. Um, Philadelphia is not on there. I know um, the speculation was Nick Sirianni's coming in, and he's going to fix Carson Wentz, or that's their plan. I'm not 100% sure of that. I, I'm not – like, the, the, the Eagles are apparently hiring Florida offensive coordinator Brian Johnson to be their quarterback's coach. Brian Johnson – uh, apparently has known Jalen Hurts since Jalen Hurts was a toddler. So, I mean, there's 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 situations up in the air there. You look at Aaron Rodgers, and that would be one where you say, oh, for sure he's back. He's going to win the MVP. Well, uh, you see beat writers saying Aaron Rodgers sounded like he was completely uncertain of his future. So even some of these teams where you think it's obvious that the quarterback is coming back, it's not that situation this year. And that's why there was such a, a low number of teams where – I'm confident in who's going to be the quarterback. Hell, the New York Jets have the number two pick. We know they're going to have a new quarterback, but we don't know who that's going to be. Is it going to be Zach Wilson from BYU, who's number two on Daniel Jeremiah's board? Or are they going to use that pick as a package for Deshaun Watson? I would prefer Deshaun Watson if I were a Jets fan. If I were the Jets, I would prefer, you know, Deshaun Watson. I'm not confident Tua Tonga Vailoa is going to be the quarterback of Miami. He didn't show anything, Ross, that would prevent me if I were if I were Brian Flores and his staff there, Chris Greer in Miami. He didn't show anything that would prevent me from trading for Deshaun Watson if Deshaun Watson's available. So, I mean, I look at this from from this perspective, and it's just a, a staggering number of teams are unsettled or could make an upgrade at the position if they choose to, and that makes this one of the most fascinating off seasons from a dynasty standpoint. I, I mean, I've ever seen in this industry. He is Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Remember, this podcast is year-round, man. Between the coaching stuff and the quarterback stuff and dynasty and best ball, there's going to be a lot to get into this offseason. Next week, though, it's all about the Super Bowl. It's all about the prop bets. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you follow Joe at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. At Ross Tucker Pod is the podcast network's social media handle other than that i'm stuffed we're done thanks for listening to the fantasy feast podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast even money business of sports and the college draft all available at apple podcasts ross or wherever podcasts can be found